This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Hello and welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks for a very special pre-taped edition of the show. Why are we pre-taping this on a Sunday evening? Because Monday morning is the RBC Canadian Open Media Day at St. George's where Bob and I will get the opportunity to play the golf course and get to speak with uh, Lawrence Applebaum will be there. Other people from Golf Canada as the RBC Canadian Open is now less than a month away. Bob, welcome now to the show. How excited are you to get out to uh, St. George's? Yeah, I am really excited. I've been out a couple times for a walk. I went out uh, with a walk with some of our TSN people when we were scouting the location for where our uh, tent is going to be. We're going to have a TSN tent. We're going to have some uh, radio broadcasts. Golf Talk Canada is going to be there. Overdrive is going to be there. The morning show is going to be there. So we'll have a lot of different, uh, a lot of different opportunities. And then the a week after that, I just went with a walk with a good friend of mine, Mark Teske, who is the uh, volunteer chairman, the chairman from St. George's. And we saw all the, all the uh, grandstands being constructed. And it's uh, it now that I drive along there, boy, it's just, I mean, it's getting big. It's getting real. It's getting real. It's close. It is close. And it's, it's so hard to believe that, the last time we saw the RBC Canadian Open was nearly three years ago now when Rory McIlroy won that tournament. But what, what I'm looking forward to seeing is LA, the golf course. I, I played the, I played St. George's in a junior event when I was about 12 or 13, but we got rained out after five holes. So <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I've heard, I've obviously seen it on television, but to actually play it uh, in person is going to be a, a lot of fun. Do you have any fun uh, media day memories from from your times doing this and any of you know time? yeah in the old days they used to bring the past champion back he would fly in and so you'd get to see uh or an interview that person and then one year they started doing um when it was at glen abbey basically you would play the play the the clutch shot that the winner executed from that location with that club and I can remember one year, the second shot into the 18th hole, we had to hit a five wood that David Frost had hit. And in those days, nobody could hit a, fry, a five wood with their second shot long enough to get it on the green. So all of us who tried ended up just donating ball to the water. I can remember that. But um, it's always a good, good opportunity to get humbled a little bit by the golf course. It's a good opportunity to see the golf course and to, uh, to get a little information. This is kind of, the, for me, the real public kickoff of the countdown to the tournament. So looking forward to it. You know, it's funny you mentioned, you know, the, the different challenges and trying to play shots that the past champions had done. I remember at the CP women's open in August of 2018, after Jin Young Ko won, we got to play the golf course the day after she won. And they golf Canada put out little flags where she put each of her tee shots, where each of her approach shots went. So it was cool to play the same tees the LPGA players were playing that week to go out and try to do it ourselves. So uh, looking forward to getting out uh, to St. George's. So yes, we are pre-taping this on a Sunday evening uh, just after Max Homa picked up his fourth career PGA Tour uh, victory for him. A very impressive win, some challenging conditions. Mark Sakino is going to join us in about half hour's time. He was on the ground um, covering the Wells Fargo for PGA Tour Radio 
he was frozen the entire time, as we'll go to, to tell, uh, to talk to him about. And he was saying he could barely hold his microphone. Uh, but we'll be joined by Mark Sacchino. We'll be joined by TJ Rule from Golf Away Tours. Now that travel, it's getting a little easier to travel. What's the latest in terms of travel testing, that sort of thing? What are some golf destinations you want to go to and plan out? I've actually planned out a trip to Pebble Beach, which uh, I'll nice. mention with uh, when we get closer to the interview with TJ Rule. We'll also hear from Matt Bovie from TaylorMate about the Stealth Irons, which we're giving away a little later tomorrow on our Golf Talk Canada social media pages, as well as Mason Dennison from Adidas to discuss the Adidas Tour 360 22 golf shoe. Now, Bob, before we get to our news and headlines, I mentioned the Stealth Irons. You, have you had a chance to hit your stealth irons outdoors yet? Uh, I loved them. I uh, loved everything that was in my bag that was had the word stealth on it. I played a pretty good game for my first round of the year. And uh, I hit some really good iron shots. I'll say that the uh, distance was definitely longer with the driver. The irons were pretty solid. And for me, I had trouble hitting, getting the ball high. I like to hit a high ball. So the fitting was perfect as well because I hit some when I hit it well, the, the, I, I've never seen my irons go up that high. So very enthusiastic for the coming season. If I can keep the performance going, I should throw a little shout out to my uh, instructor, Mark Linton, who also had some winter schooling with me. So I think everything combined together with the stealth irons and the instruction, uh, I'm encouraged. I'm very encouraged for the start of the year. And if uh, you're thinking about stealth irons, I would endorse them highly. Definitely. Well, we're giving away a set of self irons a little later tomorrow on our social media channels. But, you know, I mentioned uh, lots going on in this show, news and headlines. And for us this week, we'll get to Max Homa in our next segment, but a lot going on away from the PGA Tour this week. And that is live and live, live, live with uh, their first tournament, the week of the RBC Canadian Open. More players are starting to come out and basically commit that, hey, you know, they've asked for their release. Lee, Lee Westwood, or for, for one event at least, Lee Westwood gave a pretty lengthy interview uh, with Sky Sports, I believe. Uh, what did you think of Lee Westwood's comments being, frankly, pretty honest about going to play? Yeah, I, I think uh, in a case of, from what I read from the transcript, you know, you don't necessarily have to agree with him. A lot of people won't, but I think he understands that a lot of people won't, and he's comfortable with his own decision. Um, he said, look, they did what they did. Uh, I'm hoping that this will be the start of a turnaround and maybe, you know, we can help in some way. And I'm playing golf because I'm doing it for me. I'm, you know, he basically admitted that he was selfish might be a strong word, but, um, but he was self-centered and that's what he wants to do. And I have more time for someone who's honest like that than some of the other stories we've heard a little bit about at least Lee Westwood is kind of acknowledging you know, there's a, a bit in the past. And, um, but again, you know, if it was my decision, I couldn't make it that way, but I guess I can respect what, what Lee has done. Yeah. I appreciate the honesty and it's still so intriguing to see what their first field is going to be uh, for the live tour, given it's the same week as the RBC Canadian open, who's going to broadcast it that that hasn't been set in stone yet. At least I haven't seen that, but uh, another big story in the world of golf in what would we assume, what we, we would assume is in regards to live is from Sergio Garcia. And on the first round of the Wells Fargo, he had a, a tee shot on the 10th hole that went way left and a bit of um, a confrontation. Maybe you could call it with a rules official. And he basically said, I can't wait to get off this tour and, you know, said a couple expletives in there as well. 
what were your thoughts when you first saw the Sergio Garcia video go viral? Well, it seems like every time Sergio tries to become a better guy, you know, you can go back over time and, and then, for instance, uh, slashing a bunker in, in Saudi Arabia was a fun point. Yeah. But whenever he tries to kind of recreate himself and feel good, it lasts for about, I don't know, four months, six months, and then something like this happens. This is, I think, kind of who Sergio is. He gets upset. He gets heated. Um, he says things that he probably regrets or probably wishes he hadn't said at that time anyway. And now, you know, after the, uh, after the incident, um, it basically came out that, yes, he has asked for a release to play that first tour and tournament and sounds like he might be playing a little bit more, judging by the comments he made. Um, again, hot-headed guy, and, and that gets him in trouble. And uh, again, even though he was proven right in hind afterwards because the tour admitted that the official made a mistake, it's kind of awkward for him now. And um, he kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it was going to come out anyway. This probably this week, I think, is when they were going to announce the releases. So, uh, I guess we, we he just sort of uh, spoiled the party of when uh, when we're all going to find out everything that's happening. Well, he was proven right, and then what was weird enough is he holed out for eagle two holes later on yeah. the first rounds, and he was three shots off the lead after day one. He made the cut, finished t twenty one this past week at the Wells Fargo. So things just keep getting weirder and weirder. And, and yes, like you mentioned, we might be seeing a list come out this week, next week for uh, the first field of live, but one player who we think is going to be playing in that event, maybe is Phil Mickelson. We're still not quite a hundred percent sure. We know he's asked for his release, but you know, we've seen viral videos of Phil. There have been rumors that Phil had shoulder length hair and a big beard and was, you know, late night at a, at a, uh, at a Callaway facility trying to train and, and get a swing honed in. But uh, this new book that is being released in just over a week by Alan Shipnuck, uh, there was another excerpt released where there was some uh, very, uh, uh, troubling information that came out about Phil Mickelson about some gambling losses and the way he treated uh, Bones Mackay, who's now on the bag of Justin Thomas. What were your initial reaction when, when you saw uh, that, that this uh, article come out? I wasn't shocked at about the news about the, uh, the betting uh, because we knew he was a gambler. I was shocked at the amount that reportedly he lost $40 million while in the same period, only making $40 million. And the Bones Mackay thing is uh, troubling to me because that's a, you know, that's, that's a guy who works for you. That's your guy who's been with you for so many years since the nineties, whatever, how many years it was. And I don't think you treat your staff or your caddies, if you want, whatever you want to call it, you don't treat your partner that way. And I don't think anyone should have to wait. Now, to me, it almost suggests, I mean, was there money trouble? Just, did he just not have enough to pay the guy or, or what was going on? And there were some other references to uh, John Hawkins, who was a former writer who used to work for Golf World and going in the locker room and seeing Phil openly on his phone betting and said making like 50 bets while he was there. So you sort of think, okay, this is a guy has got some sort of an addiction to it, gambling addiction. And uh, obviously it cost him a lot if all these, all these stories uh, turn out to be true. Yeah, totally. And, and that book is going to be must read by Mr. Alan Shipnuck. Bob, before we go to break, do we see Phil at the PGA? Um, boy, I, I just don't, I just don't know how you cannot see him there. I think you're going to see him there, but I, I, just for his own sake, I sure as heck hope he does something before that, even if it's just sits down with one network or something and just explains what's going on and where he is right now, because otherwise it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a punishing week for him.
Well, and a lot of people have been comparing what Phil Mickelson is going through right now in terms of the media um, spotlight to Tiger Woods back in, in 2010 after the scandal. And, you know, like we both know, Tiger, uh, A, had that public apology when he was speaking in front of that blue curtain in that, whatever, 15-minute scripted uh, piece that he, he, uh, he said. And then he spoke with Tom Rinaldi and Kelly Tillman from ESPN and Golf Channel at the time with, on, for two one-on-one interviews. And then was his master's pre- a press conference, which I don't know how many questions were actually golf related. There was everything else that was in golf. Yeah, exactly. With, with, uh, with Tiger that day, but you think for Phil, like you mentioned, if he doesn't, if he decides he's going to play and if he decides not to do something the week, or I guess that'd be this week coming up, you would think that that press conference at the PGA would be must see TV and the longest press conference ever. And you wouldn't really see many golf related questions. No. Well, he does, he's not obligated to do a press conference. That's the other part, too. He could just say, no, thanks. I'm not going to mm-hmm. talk to any of the media here. There's no, no rule that says he has to do anything. He doesn't have to talk to the media after the round. So maybe that's his strategy, just going to come in here. I'm going to play this tournament. I'm not going to talk. Maybe if I win, I'll talk. And then, uh, and then I'll go back to my hiding place and uh, hang out until maybe the U.S. Open. But um, I really don't know what Phil's next step is going to be. It's going to be an interesting one to see what he takes. Still hard to believe that it was about a year ago now that Phil Mickelson surprised the sports world and won a major at 50 years old. And now who really knows where Phil is? Well, well, someone we do know where he is, Max Homa. He just picked up his fourth career PGA Tour win. On the other side, we'll debrief that victory. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade. And the all-new Stealth Driver, with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, Bob, Max Homa is the latest winner on the PGA Tour, his fourth career PGA Tour victory. It's been quite a rise for Max Homa for quite some time. You know, he went a long period of stretch, only making one or two cuts. And this is a guy who always had a great outlook, great attitude. And now he's a four-time winner on the PGA tour. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on Homa's performance this past week at the Wells Fargo? Well, it's a, uh, it's great performance. I mean, it's a, it's a gutsy performance. It's a tough golf course. It was in tough conditions. <clears throat> he had to really battle his way through, I think a lot of the day and uh, a lot of the week really. And to come out on, a golf course that's uh, that I thought played really tough. I mean, the winning score was eight under par. So that gives you some indication. And then in those tough conditions and just when it looked like it might sort of slip away towards the end to hang on and uh, bring it into the house. I I'm very impressed by the performance that he put in um, some good putting numbers, some, you know, some average really in some of the other areas, but, uh, but you wrap it all up and, and it's a nice win. And as you said, his fourth win, that's, that's kind of, kind of sneaks up on me. And, and when you look back at, um, his year so far, you know, he's, he's had a really solid season. Uh, when you look at the performances, the finishes, uh, seven in the top 25, three now, or, or eight in the top 25 now, and I guess three top tens, including the win. 
So it's a, it's a nice run for, uh, for a nice guy. And he's now the fifth player to win more than once this season on the PGA tour, which is great to see for Max Homa. Now looking ahead, we have, you know, the PGA championship just around the corner. We have the U S open open championship president's cup is Max Homa a guy now that, you know, the U S has so much depth on this team. They could probably put two teams out there at the president's cup and, and, you know, compete against the internationals. Do you think Max Homa has a good chance now to be uh, on that U S um, president's cup team? I do. I think uh, anytime you win twice in the year and you're leading up to, to that team, I think you have to, you're either going to get enough points where you're going to be close in the hunt or you're going to be uh, catch the eye of the captain. And I think that um, I think that Homa's play has been steady enough. And, and, you know, as you pointed out, there's, there's some stretches where he goes through where he doesn't really finish off well and turns a, you know, a top 15 into a top 25 kind of thing. Those are starting to fall away now, I find. So I think he's a consistent guy can be a really good putter uh, when he, when he wants to be. And, um, and I think he's, he's kind of got the makeup for, for a, a team like that. He's got a good, you know, sense of humor. He's a uh, uh, last of himself, great on social media, good fun guy. So I think he'd be a good teammate as well, which makes him a good pick for one of those events. Well, someone who has played in team events before is Keegan Bradley. And, you know, he had the lead heading into Sunday's final round, a couple of double bogeys on Sunday, uh, which put him back, of course, finishing tie for second, two shots off the lead. This is a guy who's played a lot of good golf recently, uh, has recently also gone to Phil Kenyon, the putter coach. And for a lot of the week, he was, he was up there or near the top in terms of strokes gained putting at the Wells Fargo. For a guy who's won at the PGA Championship now 11 years ago, which is very hard to believe. Um, what were your thoughts on, on Keegan Bradley? Not, not really coughing this one away, given the, way, given the temperature and the conditions the way they were. But uh, what's your outlook now, I guess, for Keegan Bradley after this week? I just waiting for Keegan Bradley to get across the finish line first. He's, he's a good enough player to do it. And he's come close. He played really well at the players championship. Uh, he was great at, uh, at, in Texas, beautiful. It wasn't really going to have a chance to win that one, but he shot 66. I think it was on the Sunday and, um, and then played well with his partner and uh, um, at, at the Zurich classic. So he's just one of those guys that I think is, you know, is, is sort of looking for that next win, but he's been so consistent over the, uh, over the stretch. And when you consider when he won that PGA championship, he was using the long putter, as you pointed out, now he's gone to Phil Kenyon. There's a lot of, a lot of relearning of his, uh, of his putter. And I kind of think it was the last Canadian open at Glen Abbey where he said, you know, he's just starting to, after sort of five or six years, starting to feel good about putting without having a, an anchored putter. And, and that's starting to show in his game and, and more importantly, perhaps in his consistency. Yeah, it totally is. And, you know, uh, Keegan Bradley finished tied for second, two shots off the lead of Max Homa, who won the Wells Fargo for the second time in his career. The only the second person to win the Wells Fargo twice, Rory McIlroy, the other one. Rory McIlroy was also in the mix this week. Uh, both you and Mark had Rory on your TSN Edge team heading into this week at the Wells Fargo. And given the way the temperatures were, it was certainly hard to score. Uh, you know, McIlroy had a bunch of layers on throughout the week, too. Um, given how Rory played at the Masters, especially on Sunday, uh, what were your thoughts on this week? And what's your outlook for Rory now with another tournament? He's won twice just a couple weeks away at the PGA Championship. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like the way Rory's playing. And I think that there's, 
the, the weak parts are getting less weak, if that makes sense. I mean, he, you know, we've always talked about him with a short game and wedges and things. He led the tournament in, uh, in greens and regulation, 56 out of 72. So I think that's a good sign. That means he's hitting, hitting those shorter clubs when he uses them into the greens pretty well. Uh, I thought he was pretty good putting. Um, just looking at here, he's finished 15th in the in strokes gain putting. It was positive on, on all four rounds, which is nice to see. So, I, I mean, I, I, I really don't know what's the, the next step that he has to take. I think it's just keep playing the way you're playing. Maybe you have to avoid those, that one bad round. He had the 73 in, on Friday that kind of set him back a little bit. But I, uh, I just think he's due for a win. And uh, who knows, maybe it'll come at St. George's in a couple of weeks when he defends his title. Yeah, that's right. Defending that title at the RBC Canadian Open. What a victory that was three years ago now in 2019 at Hamilton. And speaking of Canadians, there were three Canadians inside the top 21 this week. And let's talk about all of them. Let's start with Mackenzie Hughes. This is a guy who came tie for ninth. And, you know, I, I always think back to Mackenzie Hughes in that 2020 season where he played tough golf courses incredibly well. You think the Memorial that season, you think the BMW championship, that gnarly putt to make the, the tour championship. And that's really helped his career. And, you know, the U S open last year too, being in the final group, heading in to Sunday's final round, uh, Canadian Olympian open championship, having another great week. Uh, Mackenzie, Hughes starting to play some good golf now with a huge stretch coming up here. The, the outlook has to be bright for Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I think um, I was talking to Ralph Bauer who went down to do a little bit of work with Mackenzie this week and he said it was just a minor thing they were working on it was his alignment for when he's setting up to hit fades and draws and again you know it's uh for us regular golfers it's tough to understand that the the real simple tasks that can sometimes get out of out of focus for for the top players you know it's just a little thing like alignment when that's when that's off can really you know it can really frustrate your game and I think Mackenzie Hughes got a little tune-up, and it shows out here. I mean, great first round, 66, great last round, 67. And, uh, and I, think, uh, I think he's starting to play and feel really good about his game. He wasn't so good, I think, maybe about uh, two months ago, but I think he's really starting to, to feel the, uh, the, the hard work that he's been putting in, and it's showing on the scoreboard. That's a great sign given the busy stretch of very important tournaments on the PGA Tour schedule. Next up, Nick Taylor, someone who... We haven't really heard, you know, much from, I guess you could say in recent times, but now he's, he's playing some better golf tie for 15th rounds of 67, 73, 69 and 70 for, for Nick Taylor, all signs, you know, point to a, a positive week for Nick Taylor and good things to come now in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And then that was coming off of three missed cuts. So that's a big win for, uh, for Nick to get through there had been playing some pretty decent golf prior to that and um just went on a cold spell and now he's he seems to have whatever it was straightened out and i think uh again you know nick is a guy who who probably during his career has gone through hot and cold streaks i just the one other thing that goes through his career which hasn't been too bad lately thanks to his win at pebble beach but has always been a guy who's been in that sort of 100 to 125 area when they get to the last three four five events and you don't want to be in there so this is a good step for nick to uh, to reassure that he's going to be back in um, back in in the top 125 in the FedEx Cup and, and moving forward to uh, to next year without any worries so uh, but right now there he is standing 121 you know I just I feel sorry for Nick because he's done it so many times and he seems to get through all the time but it's uh, it's I'm sure it's a little easier on your heart 
when uh, when you don't have to go down to the last couple of weeks and and know you have to make some cuts. Yeah, stressful time. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, the Canadian with the best form heading into the week was Corey Connors. We all had him on our TSN Edge team. Uh, he finished tie for 21st. Still a very successful week for Corey Connors. He's played a lot of great golf. You know, the T6 at the, at the Masters, Valero Texas Open, the T12 WGC Dell Technologies match play. Lost in the, uh, in the, against Dustin Johnson to come in third place uh, in the tournament now. Corey Connors also played well in the majors last year, too. So, uh, for Corey Connors, you've got to think, is there one area of his game, Bob, where you think maybe, you know, he has to shore that up. I know his putting in a short game is, is something that's always been sort of the weakness of his game. Uh, you know, I haven't really seen anything that when I look through the results or talk to his coach or anything that sort of stands out and said, Oh yeah, that's not working or that's working. I think the, he, he I think he got off to a bit of a slower start this year because he didn't practice a ton at the end of last year because of the fact that he became a father. So he was, uh, he was doing that, which is a little bit more important than worrying about your swing. And I know he was having a little trouble with that, that beautiful draw uh, off the top. And so I think he's starting to sort of get into the groove now. And if you look at his last, I don't know, half a dozen starts or so, it's starting to show that, that he's where he's getting, getting to anyway, where he wants to be uh, T11 at Arnold Palmer. I'm just looking through here. You know, he, as you said, had that, Great finish at, uh, at the match play and the Masters was good. Heritage, he was tied for 12th. And I think one of the things that struck me this week was when I looked at his score and looked where he finished, I thought, wow, you know, that's, I, I looked and I thought, this is, this is a guy who's going to finish um, 35th or 40th somehow. And he's now at that point where he's so good, even if he doesn't have his A stuff, he can kind of keep moving up the leaderboard a little bit and make those finishes, you know, the, a 35th finish into a 20th. And those don't sound like much right now, but at the end of the year, they really do add up. And it could be the difference between where you go uh, advance in terms of, of which tournaments you get into in the playoffs. So uh, I think Corey Connors is a, is a bit of a grinder. And I like the way that he played this week, just keeping himself in the, uh, in the top 20, 25 or so without really having his best stuff. Yeah, that's a great sign of things to come for Corey Connor. Certainly didn't have his A game this week, but like you mentioned, a T21 finish. All in all, a great week for Team Canada. On the other side, we'll continue to discuss Max Holmes' win at the Wells Fargo as well as Team Canada with Mark Sacchino. He'll join us after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. And now bringing in Mark Sacchino, who was covering the Wells Fargo Championship on location. Had a bit of a chilly time, to say the least. Uh, Mark, how are you back to, to room temperature after the week? Uh, pretty good today. You know, final round, put a bow on it. It got warmer as we went. But my suggestions, gentlemen, for the tournament committee uh, of Wells Fargo... When we pick an alternate site, you know, normally we'd be in Quail Hollow, Charlotte. It'd be perfect. I'm sure it's gorgeous right now in Charlotte. When we pick an alternate site, 
Let's try to pick somewhere uh, where spring has already arrived because it was freezing this week. Two coldest days I have ever spent on a golf course consecutively, hands down, doing this job for eight years was Friday and Saturday. Could not feel the hands. I don't know how those guys played in that. I mean, Keegan Bradley's 67 on Saturday and Rory's 68 on Saturday are absolutely mind-boggling. When the scoring average was 74, I literally could not hold the microphone and not feel my hands. And those guys are out there breaking par, breaking 70, mind-boggling. But at the end of the day, it's Max Homa. But uh, very, what a, a tough golf course and a really hard week. I just checked, Mark. It's actually the, uh, the temperature on late on Sunday for, uh, for Charlotte was uh, 19 and sunny. Um, (laughs) let's, let's look at, start off with your thoughts on Max Homa. Here's a guy who I think most people would say is an up and comer is a guy who we've seen good progress from. And yet at the same time, he maybe has gone through some cold spells where you don't see his name up on the top of the leaderboard for a bit. And all of a sudden he produces a great week like this. It's, uh, it's, I'm not saying it's, uh, um, hard to figure him out at this point, but he seems to be sort of riding highs and lows of, of his brief career so far. Yeah. You know, what surprises me, Bob, this snuck up on me. This is his fourth PGA tour victory that that snuck up on me a bit. And uh, to be honest with you and their quality wins at quality golf courses, um, you know, quail hollow here. I mean, these are ball strikers golf courses. And that caught me by surprise because I kind of, you know, sit back and my perception when I'm not really thinking about it and my initial reaction to Max Homa is, you know, yeah, once in a while he pops up and, you know, he's still on the upswing trying to figure out his career and, you know, figure out what he's going to be in terms of who he is and where he lands as a PGA Tour player. But four wins on quality golf courses, maybe we're not giving him the credit he deserves. Maybe this is the one that gets him the credit and, I don't know. Did you, did you guys hear his comments earlier this week on, um, on PGA tour radio? You know, he talked a lot and I spoke to Rory this week. I spoke to Matt Wolf this week. Um, and a lot of players, including Max Homa talking about being easier on themselves, being happy on the golf course, you know, giving yourself the same forgiveness inside the ropes as what you give, the people around you that are most important in your life. You know, Max Homa said something like to the effect of, well, you know, my caddy, if my caddy, you know, gives me some advice and I take it and it doesn't work out. Like I don't freak out and berate him, you know, he's doing his best and we've got a good solid relationship. But if I miss a green or if I, you know, hit a pitch shot that I'm not happy with, I get really hard and really angry with myself. And, and I don't think it's serving me well out on the golf course. So I need to be kinder to myself and have a more positive attitude out there. And, you know, Rory was talking about swinging and playing with freedom. And Matt Wolf was talking about just playing golf and being happy because he's had a very difficult time combining those two things. And, uh, and it's amazing how, you know, I don't know, maybe Bubba Watson started this when he was you know, speaking openly in the last year or so about his, issues off the golf course with mental health and maybe guys are feeling more comfortable now talking about this and not worrying about the stigma that used to be attached to it etc and it's serving some players well and you know that was not pretty coming home guys he could have got down on himself I mean 16 was was weird there was a few spots out there where it looked like wow maybe you know 
after we walked off 16, I'm like, we're one swing away from a playoff or losing this thing entirely. But, you know, he brought it home and, and good to him. And that was a, an exceptional win in a very hard week. Yeah, you mentioned it, Mark, down the stretch there, how he got it done. And, you know, it was a gritty victory. The, the weather wasn't great. It was super breezy. But the putter really led him and was his, his, one of the big factors why he went on to get that fourth victory of his PGA Tour career. This is a guy now who's sixth in the FedEx Cup standings. What's your outlook now for Max Homa in terms of the majors? We have a PGA Championship in a couple of weeks and the President's Cup later this year. Yeah, and he picked up 1,500 points towards that President's Cup and, and moved to six, I think, in the FedEx Cup. And So, I mean, he obviously in a good spot. Need to be careful not to overreact. You know, the, the last thing we saw was the greatest thing we saw. we got to be careful on that one. And to Bob's point, I mean, he does have moments and stretches in the calendar where he vanishes and we don't see him. Uh, but the, the reason I think it's more cup half full for me obviously a win's a win that's great but the, but the type of win this was to your point adam gutsy hard golf course you cannot fake it around here i mean this every year we've come with the exception of 2018 uh, quick and loans was just a bit of an outlier typically since we redesigned this golf course and it's popped up on the pga tour schedule it's been a beast and single digits win, win here. And it's a hard golf course. And it's a tough test. And, you know, just ask anybody who went around here. Ask Rory McIlroy, you know, how difficult this golf course is. So I think the style of the victory, you know, how gritty it was and how challenging a, a layout this was, might put him a little bit more on my radar, say, if this was, you know, one of those 22 under wins or 24 under wins, you know, maybe that's one you don't pay as much attention to, but I think this is one that maybe we should. Mark, you walked with, uh, with Rory, you were mentioning that to us. And um, I don't know what you made of his week. Some of the numbers that you added up, they're pretty interesting. He led the, led the tournament in greens and regulation, uh, fifth strokes gain total, and he was 15th in strokes gain putting. So uh, I know he had that one bad round, but uh, or one, you know, not great round, I guess, at the 73. But um, but overall, wh what do you sum up? If you were going to sum up his, his week, what would you say? Yeah, I'm with you, Bob. It's the, it's that one bad outlier that that cost him this golf tournament or cost him a really good chance to win this golf tournament. But I mean, T to green, I walked with them 18 holes. It's been a long time since I walked with them for 18 holes and, and saw every shot. And T to green, it was ridiculous today. I mean, 360-yard drives down the middle of the fairway, 312-yard three woods. He was whole high. You know, Tiger always talked about how important it is to be whole high. And, and sometimes the measure of a great ball striker is often how whole high he is with his irons. Roy McIlroy was whole high all day. Every, all day, he was whole high, 15 feet from the hole. And, you know, he just couldn't get important putts to fall when he needed to. He made a couple of good saves early, but he missed from 14 feet on four for birdie. Uh, finally got one to go on five. Missed a makeable one on six. Missed a, a, a little one on seven. Um, I mean, it finally got one to go again on 10. But it, the, the putter really abandoned him coming down the stretch. On 15, he hit the longest drive of the day by over 30 yards, stuffed it into seven feet and missed the putt on, on 15. I mean, it's just going to kill you. 
Um, I, I truly believe he could have quite easily posted seven under par. I mean, that round out that was out there for him today and it just went cold for him on the back nine, but it's, it's just a matter of when guys, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when, because Tita green right now, it is, it is just beautiful to watch. And I will tell you something else that is really interesting that should be really encouraging for golf fans and Rory McIlroy fans. And I think those are two, two in the same, like, I don't know anybody who doesn't love Rory. So golf fans are Rory fans. You know, we always talk about such a high ball hitter. He is, and he's always full throttle, you know, and when he's, when he's playing like that, it's beautiful Saturday night. He told me that he was playing with five layers on Saturday night. And he realized that on Saturday, he was never going to be able to make a full swing. So he just chipped his golf ball. He took two or three extra irons, flattened out his golf ball, chipped it around, took the spin off, hit some really smooth tee balls and got it around in 68. Second best round of the day to Keegan Bradley, 67. Today, again, much warmer, took some rips at it. But we get up on the fourth hole today and the wind is just pelting in their face. It's 460 some odd yards. And he hits this driver that isn't more than four stories off the ground. And you guys have seen Rory hit it enough to know, like he hits it up in God's country, you know, 20, 30 stories in the air. And this thing's four or five stories off the ground. And he flights it down in the wind, down, down the center of the fairway. I mean, he is finding some shots right now, comfortable with this new equipment, flighting his golf ball. It is really pretty to watch if, you know, if he ever puts it together for four rounds, he could win a golf tournament by 10 or 12. I just feel like one of those performances are coming where he wins a major by eight shots or something like that. Maybe it's not a major, you know, we only get four of them a year, but I, I think a big performance is coming. Yeah, maybe it's a major coming up. Maybe it's the RBC Canadian Open coming up. Rory's the defending champion, of course, at the RBC Canadian Open. Now, uh, Mark, both you and Bob had Rory McIlroy on your TSN Edge picks prior to the week. All three of us had Canadian Corey Connors, who surprisingly wasn't the low Canadian this week. Mackenzie Hughes, a T9, Nick Taylor, T15, Corey Connors, T21. Bob and I were just talking about the performance of Team Canada this week in our last segment. How about the performance by Team Canada, Mark? A pretty solid week, to say the least. Yeah, and again, uh, you got to take, for me, I take more out of this because of how tough it was. You know, the grittiness and the ball, like, we, our guys tend to do well. It seems when it's a hard, you know, hard golf course where it matters, where it counts, you know, Mac Hughes back in there, Nick Taylor with, a, with another great, with a good week, Corey Connors with a good week. I mean, um, it seems when the golf course is hard and ball striking counts, and I guess we can point to Augusta last year's U S open last year's uh, PGA championship last year's masters. I mean, when the golf counts and it's hard, our guys tend to play well. It's almost like they don't want the putting contest, if that's fair. You know, I, I, I think it is fair. I think they want, I think they appreciate a, an overall test of the game and they don't want to play a track meet to who can get the 24 under first. I, I don't, I don't think our guys enjoy that as much. Now I haven't heard them say that maybe Bob has, you know, we talk, Bob, you talk to them more than I do. Um, I, I haven't heard them, you know, say that to me, you know, they, they've subtly suggested that, you know, they love it. They love hard challenging golf course, but I think, I think they like the overall test of golf. And when they get to a golf course like this, where they know par is going to mean something, they lick their chops. And I think that's what happened this week. 
Yeah, I don't think they're afraid anymore of uh, of going after anything like that or 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 forcing it as we were. Adam and I were were talking about it. They don't. I don't think they're too worried about the track meet, but I think they would prefer to have it where it's uh, it's a bit of a grind and evidenced by their performance in the majors of the last couple of years. I know we're uh, we're getting quick here, Adam. Let me just throw one quick one, Adam. Uh, I picked Matt Fitzpatrick this week, and and runner up finish. I'm just sitting here thinking, is he the best player on the PGA Tour right now without a win? Got to be him or Will Zalatoris, does it not? One yeah, or the other. I mean, it's, you got to think those two names. Um, he made 132 feet of putts today, Matt Fitzpatrick. Think about that, guys. 132 feet of putts. He's rolling in it to a bathtub. Um, going to be interesting to see. Did, did you and I also not have Cameron Young, Bob? I, I thought I, you had no. him and I had him as well. You no, it was Adam. So, yeah. I mean, so between you, Adam, and I, we had <laughs> Fitzpatrick, Young, Bradley and McElroy. We had the top five without the winner, guys. Very well done. <laughs> Applause to the Golf Talk Canada team once again. We had the entire top five on the board, minus just that one victory. But uh, man, did we get close again? We certainly got close again. And, you know, Bob went back to back. Mark, you got your fourth victory last week. And I will say one thing about Matt Fitzpatrick he might be the best player without a win. What I do know is he is the best player with braces right now on the, the PGA tour. Now, Mark, before I let you go, obviously a lot going on in the world of golf. And I'm segueing now to live our favorite topic here oh, on Golf Talk Canada. Oh, and yeah. you were you were pretty close to Sergio Garcia when everything went down on Thursday when, as I say, Twitter exploded. Uh, what were mm -hmm. your thoughts when you saw what went on with Sergio on Thursday when he lost, when he thought he lost that golf ball? Listen, okay, it, it was a bad ruling. We know that, and the tour owned that it was a bad ruling. But that's not how you behave. That's not how you react. Over a 20-year career, you're going to have a couple that go your way, and you're going to have a couple that, you know, maybe don't go the way they should. To react that way and to tie those things together. So now you're going to turn your back on the tour that made you a gazillionaire, a major champion, created a lifestyle for yourself and your family that you know is the top 1% of the planet or less, and you get a bad ruling and you whine it out and say you can't wait to leave this tour loud enough where microphones can hear it. They know there's mic and cameras everywhere out there now. With PGA Tour Live operating, you know there's a camera and a microphone everywhere. This isn't 20 years ago where unless you're in the last three groups or the back nine on Sunday that we don't know what's going on. Cameras and microphones are everywhere. Um, it, it was. It's ugly. It's unfortunate. It's becoming tiresome. I, I almost wish at this point, just go start your little tour with your late 40s who can't win anymore and, and have at it. You know, at the end of the day, that's really what this is. This is the pre-senior tour playing for a boatload of dough in a league that nobody cares about at all. So, you know, you can't fake care. You can't fake history. You can't just make it up. Just like, you know what, guys? Remember when the, they launched the World Golf Championship Series and when they launched the FedEx Cup, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago? They couldn't fake it out of the gates to get the players to care, get the fans to care, get the medias to care. It was, it took years for people to be invested and go, wow, this is something that's important now. Or the players go, wow, 
I want this on my resume. This means something. And now the FedEx Cup, I mean, everybody wants to win it now. You know, after the majors and the players' championship, it's right there. You know, there's guys who, you know, wouldn't feel complete unless they had it on their resume. I think that's pretty fair. This is a, this, this now has historical purpose and, and importance. And throwing a bunch of boatload of money at a bunch of old guys that can't win, sorry, doesn't do it for me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly... It's wild how things have transpired and how the story keeps developing and how new names are committed, but are they really committed? I guess we'll have to wait and see that first event, of course, the same week as the RBC Canadian Open. Mark, I know it's been a very busy week for you. Thanks for taking time to join us today, and uh, we'll speak to you very soon. Later, boys. Have a good one. Enjoy the RBC Canadian Open Media Day. I'm upset that I can't be there with you guys. We'll see you when I get back to the TDOT going to be a lot of fun uh we'll have more golf talk Canada coming up after the break we'll tell you all about 20 weeks of tailor-made this week this segment of gtc presented by tailor-made was brought to you by WeatherTech canada canada's leader in automotive accessories this is golf talk canada presented by tailor-made this segment of gtc is brought to you by play golf myrtle beach no destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Wrapping up the front nine here on Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We have a very busy hour two coming up here on GTC. TJ Rule from Golf Away Tours, friend of the show, is going to join us to discuss how you can plan your next golf vacation uh, whether it's the trip of a lifetime whether it's a couple's trip whether it's a group trip with some buddies he'll be he'll be by in about 10 minutes time with uh he caught up with mark skino recently to discuss uh, golf away tours and what's to come with them we'll also be joined by mason dennison from adidas to discuss the adidas tour 360 22 golf shoe i'll actually be wearing those golf shoes tomorrow at the rbc canadian Open media day yes bob i have picked out my outfit already i know that might be a bit of a um is that even a surprise that i've picked out my outfit the, the night before <laughs> night before no 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 well if, if, it, if it was Mark Zacchino saying that, no, it would be no surprise. A little <laughs> bit, but not so much. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But yes, I'll be wearing these golf shoes tomorrow at the, the RBC Canadian Open Media Day at St. George's. Looking forward to that. We'll also have much more on 20 weeks of TaylorMade in hour two. Matt Bovey from TaylorMade will drop, we'll drop by to discuss the Stealth Irons, which we're giving away as well a little later tomorrow, a little later Monday, I should say, on our social media channels. Very busy hour two coming up right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour One of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to The Back Nine, hour two right here on Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. And golf travel is something that is heating up again now that the COVID restrictions are limiting. Uh, I know um, people who have been to Pearson Airport recently have had, I'm not sure if horror stories is the right word. I, I know when I, when I got back from Florida about six weeks ago, uh, if I didn't have Nexus coming home, Bob, it, I would have been, I might still be standing in line to, to leave customs. Uh, it, apparently, apparently Pearson issue, Pearson airport can be uh, you know, a little troublesome at, at this time, which is something, but for golf travel, this is something that you couldn't travel at all given the pandemic, but now it's starting to heat up, heat up again, which is awesome uh, for you, Bob. You've been to practically everywhere in golf to cover the game, but to travel and play yourself, what is your, what's the one destination yet, destination you have been to yet that you want to go and play? At? You know, I haven't been to Bandon yet, and I've had lots of opportunities to go out there and uh, just never been able to make it work with timing wise. So I think that would be one. The other part would be uh, the place where you're going. I still have not, I've covered uh, lots of tournaments at Pebble Beach, but I've never had a chance to play there. So I'm very envious about uh, your coming coming trip this summer. Yeah, it's, and, and that trip this summer, um, which is in September, we have booked our tee times, we've booked our flights, and we did that with TJ Rule from Golf Away Tour. So we're playing Pebble Beach, we're playing Spyglass, we're playing Spanish Bay. It's myself, my dad, and another father-son and it's going to be, you know, the trip of a lifetime. And I, I've had, I've had the honor uh, to go to places as well, like Ireland. Uh, you were, you know, you covered the Open Championship at Royal Portrush in 2019. I was there as a fan, as a spectator, which I, I hadn't been to before. But you know, there, there are so many great destinations in the world of golf. But still, and very understandably so, I'm, there are many people tuning into this show today who might be hesitant about traveling because there are there are some extra steps we we have traveled in covid and we both know you know given with arrive can and everything there are some extra steps that we once didn't have to do in terms of travel uh yeah minor steps you know if you think in the big scheme of things it's really not all that uh difficult and uh, it's a good way to stay safe and um Yep, there's some horror stories at Pearson. There's horror stories at every airport, let me tell you. So, but uh, but TJ's the man. He can uh, he can kind of weave you through a lot of the uh, the ups and downs of going on a golf vacation. He certainly can. Well, here's Mark Sakino with TJ Rule on the latest here on Golfway Tours. All right, uh, TJ and I for a change, both on Canadian soil. So we decided to uh, connect here and chat a little. TJ, good to see you, my friend. Um, since you and I talked last, pretty cool changes. For someone who uh, travels as much as I do, uh, as a fully vaccinated Canadian, I no longer need a test to come home to Canada, which, is, which has made my work schedule a lot easier. But I know you are, uh, we talked a little off camera on how busy you are and how the bookings, almost the demand outweighs the inventory. We'll get to that in a second. But just because our rules have loosened up, 
you need to be prepared where you're going. Correct. I know I'm going to Ireland later this year. I don't need a test going there. I don't need a test coming home, but I mean, you've got to be, I mean, you're on top of this 24 seven with this, this moving target. Yeah. And we have to be, and I'll tell you, it is a moving target. It seems every week, but uh, um, you know, Right now, as you said, Canada has loosened its rules, which is great. Um, you know, we still have to be fully vaccinated to get on a flight to fly anywhere. Um, and the most important thing is to find out where, what your destination requires. So there's still a lot of destinations that may require testing or they require uh, a shot within a certain number of days. Uh, so if you only had your shots, you know, last year and haven't gotten the booster, you may not qualify. You may still have to get tested. So uh, really, it's important to look at the destination and, and to see what they require. But the good thing is that when you come back to Canada, no testing required. If, if you're fully vaccinated, come back into the country without any issues. Now, I, I purchased, well, I should, let me backtrack here. On my, on my credit card uh, provider, I have a ton of traveling medical coverage that covers me really for extended period of times as well. I'm very lucky. It's, it's a wonderful program. But I took a deep dive into what I had in terms of coverage and then realized, hey, it's COVID still. I've been traveling throughout the entire pandemic because of what I do for a living. Uh, sometimes uh, maybe a little bit more nervous than others. Uh, just wondering, you know, back in 2020 when there was a lot more unknowns. Um, <laughs> but I decided to purchase medical coverage that was COVID specific. Are you recommending that? And what are you telling your customers right now? Absolutely. We're, we're recommending that. And good for you for checking your credit card coverage and doing a deep dive, because not many do. Um, and we always tell people to do that, but it's tough. It's tough to read a, a travel insurance brochure or policy. Um, but you know what? People have coverage, but it's not always COVID related. So you may have medical coverage, but they may not cover COVID related illnesses. So right now, uh, travel insurance companies, um, and we deal with Manulife, they're offering a plan that has uh, COVID specific uh, medical coverage. And you know what, it's not that expensive and it's very much worthwhile, peace of mind. So, you know, if, you, uh, if you're vaccinated, it gives you, uh, I believe up to $2 million coverage. And if you're unvaccinated, 1 million. Um, and, you know, it just gives you peace of mind uh, that, that you're covered because uh, credit card or, or people's employers may not cover um, COVID related illnesses. Now, a lot of guys chomping out the bit. We're having a conversation here in April. I'm sure you and I are going to get out and play golf at some point in May. Uh, but, you know, our listeners, our viewers on Golf Talk Canada, your customers, everybody's just can't wait to get out and play golf. So I, I spoke to a lot of people that, they, you know, they had spring golf trips planned to kind of, you know, kick off their season earlier, hoping that when they got home for their vacation golf trip, that maybe their courses would be open. So somebody right now thinking about, hey, I want to do this last minute. I want to get out right now. And then when I get home, maybe Canadian golf season's here. Where are they going right now? Because I know, again, I said it off the top, the demand is outweighing the supply right now. Yeah. And uh, that's the issue is, is finding a place to go. There are so many places that uh, that are booked up for, you know, for this year, almost the entire year. Um, so really looking at places that might not be in their high season might be the, the, the thing to look at. If I look at our board right now and people we have traveling this month, we have groups going to Kiowa and, and, and Casa de Campo. And, um, and we had somebody who have some uh, some clients over in Scotland right now that played the old course today. Uh, there are lots of places to go in April, lots of great places to go. Um, but it's finding availability at this point in time. Um, so when you're looking at something, uh, you know, that, that a place that you might be able to go right now, again, we, we talk about Casa de Campo a lot, but somewhere down in the Caribbean where it's, they're coming out of their high season, 
There may be some availability as it's getting warmer up here. Uh, so that's a place that, that you can look at for someone wanting to kick off their season in the next month. So don't be shocked if a ton isn't out there. You might have to uh, just look a place that maybe you're not currently looking. But I, now you're going to the Open. It's 150th celebration of the Open Championship St. Andrews in July. I will be in Ireland on my Southwest Golf Adventure uh, that week. You'll be in St. Andrews with a great group of people playing some amazing golf on the 150th anniversary of the Open Championship. And you've got a few avails left. So uh, walk us through this and how do they get hold of you if they want to jump on this Open Championship trip? Yeah, we have a couple of rooms that actually have become available staying right downtown, uh, right well in town at the University of St. Andrews. Um, we're playing some great golf, Carnoustie, uh, Kings Barnes, um, and Dumbarney, the new course there. Um, and, and we're going to be right into town for the celebration. And so it's going to be electric. Um, we're really looking forward to that. And if people are interested, uh, you know, they can give us a call. That's amazing. And I mean, like the town special uh, on, on any given Wednesday or Thursday throughout the year, you put the 150th celebration of the Open Championship there that week. I mean, that is just going to be absolutely magical and also some amazing golf in the area as well. Okay, finally, Teach, before we... Uh, say goodbye. I know you're doing a curling golf trip again. I believe this is your third coming up this fall. Give us uh, give us the take on that because, you know, Bob would love to be doing this interview with you because, you know, his, curling's <laughs> his real passion. Like professional wrestling's mine, you know? That's a golf we just do. <laughs> golf's just our business. Curling's his passion. Uh, tell us about this trip. Well, you know, Bob really should be coming along, to be he honest. Be. But uh, this is this is our fourth actual Sweep and Swing. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've done the same ones in the past where um, we have a great curling event at Four for Curling Center, which is about 20 minutes outside of Carnoustie, uh, a great rink where we play an international bond spiel against other teams from around the world. Um, and this year we have incredible guests coming with us, Glenn Howard and his wife, Judy, and uh, Glenn and uh, sorry, Wayne and Sherry Madoff. Um, who curlers would know uh, across this country, very successful curlers, some of the best curlers ever, and, and even better people, and, and great golfers as well, and passionate about golf. So really, we had Glenn on the last trip, and he was an incredible host, uh, and we know that Wayne and Sherry are going to be uh, equally as good, um, and you get to curl with, with legends and then, and then golf with them as well on some of the best courses over there. We spend four nights in Carnoustie at the Carnoustie Golf Hotel, overlooking the golf course, the 18th hole, uh, uh, 18th green and first tee of Carnoustie. Uh, we play there and a couple other courses in the area and then head over to uh, to St. Andrews staying at the Rusax Hotel right on the 18th hole of the old course uh, and playing uh, Kings Barnes and Dumbarney and uh, and the new course in St. Andrews. And what an incredible experience it is, you know, just great people. We always have great people on the trip. We still have availability, not much, but we have some availability if people are interested. So they can. there's information on our website if they want to look at it, golfawaytours.com and uh, give us a shout. All right, golfawaytours.com. He is TJ Rule. Make sure you're dealing with an expert. They are uh, award-winning uh, travel agency. They are the experts in golf, partner with the PGA of Canada as well. And there's just too ma many moving parts right now to leave it up to, to, uh, to just anyone. Make sure you're dealing with the best. TJ, always a blast. We'll see you in a couple of weeks for some golf on Canadian soil and uh, look forward to that. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me.
a lot of great things coming for golf away tours. Thanks TJ for joining us here. And I'm sure we'll have TJ on a little later in the summer as well to discuss some of the golf destinations that you might not be too familiar with. And I know Mark is actually going to Ireland, I think with TJ as well later this summer. So TJ will be on a couple of times uh, for the rest of, or at some point uh, during the rest of the season. Uh, well, coming up on the other side, if you're planning a great golf trip, you might need some golf shoes to work. We'll, we'll discuss the Adidas, uh, their new golf shoe, the Adidas Tour 360 22 golf shoe that's coming up on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, Bob, it's, it's early now in the golf season in the GTA, and we've had a great weekend here. Uh, temperatures approaching 20 degrees now we're going to see temperatures 20 i've seen 24 on wednesday it looks like spring has come which is amazing but for those who are you know playing golf for the first time this season maybe you're considering getting a new pair of golf shoes and that's something that's obviously very vital uh, to your game uh, we're going to be joined here momentarily by mason dennison from adidas to discuss their new golf shoe but um it's it's something where you know, it's, it, it's a very important aspect of your game that many people might not consider, you know, in terms of like, you have to walk, right? Like I, I, it's something where I interviewed Xander Shoffley. It's why I'm mentioning this. I, I interviewed Xander Shoffley about these shoes and, and he brought it up that shoes are arguably your most important piece of equipment because you have to walk 18 holes. Right. And, and comfort, um, comfort is king for, for a golf shoe, whether it's spikeless or spike. No. Yeah, it's got to have form. It's got to have function. It's got to have uh, all of the uh, above things that keep you grounded and work for you that are lighter, that are comfortable. Um, but they also have to look good. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to be out there with something that's going to be heavy and slog. And uh, I find the the Adidas shoes, both the last couple of years and these new ones, really light, um, feel good on your feet. And yet, when you're done 18 holes, you don't feel like you've been walking around in cement buckets or something. You know, it's uh, it's a really nice, cool design. And uh, again, it's such a narrow line to be able to have something that works really well and also looks good. But Adidas seems to have done it yet again. Yet again. Well, with much more on their new Tour 360 22 golf shoe, here's Mason Dennison. All right, Mason, the Tour 360 22. Great looking shoe. Now, this was based from the original Tour 360 360 shoe from 17 years ago you've been part of the team with every tour 360 shoe what sets this new one apart well i think that what sets it apart is 17 years of innovation and technology and, and knowledge that's been brought into it i mean when we built the shoe in 2005 it was a game-changing product when we did it 17 years ago um but every year like like other industries um you know, there's new technology, there's new information, there's new materials to bring into the product that we build. So I would say that, that this 360, 17 years later, has 17 more years of innovation and, and information and um, just a lot of additional knowledge that was used to, to make it even better. So 
Um, it's, it's very much updated and modernized, but still has a lineage that links back to the, the OG, which is really exciting. Yeah, so it links back to the OG. Now, what were some of the major areas you wanted to focus on and improve with this shoe, whether you're Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson, Daniel Kang, or your average weekend warrior? Yeah, I think the big areas of improvement, I mean, first of all, comfort's always important. Um, so a shoe's got to be comfortable. And the 360 has been synonymous with premium comfort. Um, but one of, the, one of the ways we wanted to improve comfort was reduce the weight a little bit. So this is still a leather premium product, but it's going to be lighter than uh, 360s from even just a few years ago. But which at the end of the round, that weight savings is going to feel good. Um, you know, every time you pick up your foot, it's less weight. Um, and then the other thing is, I talked about this, the, the fit of the shoe. Uh, we know that shoes have slowly become a little bit um, wider over, over the last few years, especially with the spikeless movement, product becoming more comfortable, more flexible. This Tour 360 gives you the room where you need it most, right in the forefoot, the ball area of the foot, lets your toes expand. Uh, it, it just fits like a glove. Uh, and I think so, the, the fit, the extra room in the forefoot, but you're still locked into the back the reduced weight, then um, of course, full length boost cushioning. Uh, we know there's a lot of boost bands out there and we think it's the best foam in the industry and having it full length underfoot is huge. So boost is one of the technologies packed into this product and there's so much more in terms of technology with this new shoe. Tell us about some of the other technology involved with the two or 360-22. Yeah, I think you, you hit on it. There's a lot. I mean, so starting with the bottom, you've got the new spike more injected traction, which is, which is really innovative, uh, injecting the spikes directly onto the TPU base so we can change the shape, the density, put them exactly where we need them. We're not really limited by the receptacle and where that's housed. Um, everything from that to the, the midsole, which is the dual stack construction, so full-length boost with the lightweight EVA perimeter. Uh, you got the 3D torsion system, which goes underneath through the midfoot and wraps up to support the middle of the shoe, that iconic Tour 360 look. Uh, and then going into the upper, you've got premium sock liner with Insight. You've got the, uh, the upper three-stripe wrap. You've got um, just a lot of technologies. And then the premium materials. This thing is ultra premium, rich leather looking, very durable. It's going to last a long time. It's waterproof. So really it marries the bells and whistles you would expect from a premium shoe with a ton of tech and it comes together uh, in a great marriage. Yeah, you mentioned the Spike More traction system. This has cleats injected into the base of the shoe. Watching the presentation, this was mesmerizing to see. How did this design come together and how will it benefit any player? Well, it came together because we're, we like to lead. We're the, we've, you know, we have the mantra that we're the most progressive golf brand. And one of the ways we do that is through innovation. And what we know talking to our athletes is that, you know, they want spiked a lot of our the best athletes in the world. Um, Xander, uh, Dustin, Daniel King, they want spiked level traction, but they don't necessarily need to change their cleats. Um, you know, the, the fact is they want an element hanging out of the shoe that really grips the ground. Um, you know, further, uh, you know, a little bit more than most spikeless shoes would. So we had this idea of saying, well, how can we do spikes in a new way? How can we give a player the grip that they want with a big prominent spike, but not have to have the receptacle in there, which does add weight to the shoe. Um, it does make it a little stiffer and less flexible. Uh, and then you are limited again as to how you um, position the cleats. So we tried to make the spike traction system um, better and we pushed it forward. And Spike Moore is the, is the first execution of that. So I would say it's everything that you would expect from a spiked, a replaceable spike shoe, but it feels more like a spike list 
when you put your foot in and how close to the ground you are, the flexibility, the weight reduction. Um, it, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, certainly sounds incredible. Now, when you've been able to put uh, this shoe in the hands of tour players, what's their reaction been? Uh, funny enough, I just saw Xander this morning. And of course, you, you know, watching the video that he's um, a big fan of the shoe, having worked with us. And I hadn't seen him since Hawaii. And I don't know if you've been at Kapalua before, but that's the toughest test uh, to walk on tour. And he said right away when he saw me, he goes, shoes are incredible. Uh, put them, you know, got a brand new pair, put them in play. Best fitting shoe I've ever worn at Kapalua. And that is an extreme test. And that's the reaction we're getting. Whether it's Dustin Johnson, Xander, Danielle King, any of the pros that have put them on so far, um, we're getting the same reaction. It's the best fitting Tour 360 that they've ever worn. Incredible grip and traction, but married with really good comfort and flexibility. And it, it's your foot feels like it's glued into the shoe. If you've ever heard the glove-like fit um, call out, when you slip it in to your, your foot into the shoe, it just it just feels right. It feels really comfortable. It feels stable. It feel, it's just, it's an incredible fit, incredible performance. And that's what they're saying. Yeah, obviously comfort is king. And Xander had quite a line that I really liked from the presentation saying, this shoe combines function with fashion. How important is that for, for you guys when a, a player like Xander Shafi, one of the top players in the world, says something to that magnitude? It's huge because we're not, you know, we, we're proud of our technology, but we can't out-tech um, a poor look or a poor design, if that makes sense. So uh, consumers and athletes have to like the look of the product. It has to be appealing to them. So the aesthetics are very, very important. Um, and, and I think in this shoe, we took every aspect of the product and we considered the aesthetics. So the way the midsole comes together with the two pieces, the look of the outsole with the TPU and the richness of the, the injected cleats, um, and then the toe down. So on the laced model in particular, we, we went with a clean toe, more of a classic looking toe down. On the BOA model, we have a little bit more seaming going on, but that's because of the BOA panels and how that execution works with the whole shoe. So Xander actually helped us change the look of the shoe uh, with some of his feedback. And I think it's really, really important to have that combination where again, something looks good and it performs good. Because if you have one or the other, then you've missed somewhere and it's really hard to get both right. The new tour 360 does that. Now, before you let you go, Mason, you mentioned Boa there. This shoe comes in five different models too, including Boa. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we, you know, we're, we're all about inclusivity and we, we want to have something out there for everyone. We know there's fans of Boa as a system and we work really closely with Boa technology um, that they're headquartered in Denver. We have a great relationship with them. So there's a men's laced, and a men's boa product. There's a women's laced and a women's boa. And then there's a junior shoe as well. So didn't want to leave the kids out of the mix here with our new innovation. So five models across the whole family and a lot of technology packed into all of them. And Val called it out in the presentation, but the women's product has the exact same level of technology as the men's. It's not watered down at all. Same level of tech, premium richness um, across the board, which is exciting. That's awesome to hear and some very exciting stuff from Adidas in 2022. Mason, thanks for your time today. All right. Thank you. Always appreciate it. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, there was no shortage of, of bizarre, of crazy, of just plain wacky in the world of golf throughout the last week. It's Winter's Weird and What Now, our favorite time of the show. And this week, Bob, you have the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, thanks, Adam. Well, my, uh, my winner this week is uh, a, a person that a lot of people in Canada probably won't know, but they'll probably get to know her a little bit, and hopefully... Um, they'll know her a lot by the time that she's wrapping up her career, which should be a long time. Her name is Salima Musani, and she was just uh, announced as the new head coach for Team Canada, the women's side. And I, I grew up watching, not grew up, I should say I grew up covering Salima in the early days of my career. She was a fine young player. Uh, she played on the, what was then the Canadian Women's Tour. She played on what was then the Futures Tour. She got some starts on the LPGA Tour. But I've always appreciated her. Uh, she has a real smart for the game of golf. She has a real understanding of how the game of golf operates and how the game of golf works. And I thought she'd be a pretty good coach. And she has been a good coach at number of the, the collegiate level. And also with some individual players, uh, she was named as the assistant coach for a couple of years. And now she's going to take over for Tristan Mullally, who did a great job. Who's moving into another area of the uh, team Canada program, but I'm, I'm really high on Salima Musani. She's got a big step in front of her to, um, to try and up the number of Canadians who are going to be on the LPGA tour. They have a goal of, you know, between PGA tour and LPGA tour to get 30 players out there. They've got about 15 right now. So good for Salima Musani, good for Canadian golf for uh, appointing her. And uh, all I can say is if you are a young up and coming woman golfer, you are in great hands with Salima. Yeah. Let's just say the future is bright for golf in Canada, you know, to have, the, the goal of to have 30 professionals, uh, PGA and LPGA is certainly ambitious. There's, you know, for sure. But, you know, given the way that we've seen, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, a couple of years ago, there were nowhere near this, this many um, PGA and LPGA tour players. So, you know, good, good for them. And, and uh, the future is bright for golf in Canada. Uh, my weird is uh, takes us to the pre-qualifying event of the Byron Nelson, which is uh, coming up this week. And, there is, for those who don't know, there's a Monday qualifier at which they award four spots. But to get into that Monday qualifier, if you are not in a certain level or you don't have certain uh, achievements yet, like maybe making the cut in a PGA Tour event or things like that, you have to go to a pre-qualifier. So you have to qualify to qualify. And some of those tournaments take uh, really show out some amazing scores. And there is a, a great Twitter account, Monday Qualifier, a case of the golf. Uh, you can follow Monday Q and he posted one this week from the pre-qualifier where on the front nine, a player shot 65. Oh, 65 on the front nine. I'm going to read you his scorecard. Eight, four, 12, and <laughs> seven, eight, four, five. Now, needless to say, he didn't make it. In fact, I understand that somebody actually got through the qualifying by shooting 65 on 18 holes. So, uh, so it was not the smoothest uh, ride for whoever this, uh, this person is. 
I'm not sure who, who it was, but my goodness, what a, uh, what a round. And maybe you should consider some other kind of career if, you, if that's what you're doing. So. Just imagine, yeah, shoot, shoot 65. Now I'm just going to make the turn and, and tee off on 10. But uh, pretty, pretty impressive. 65 on the front nine with two fours. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, uh, I'm surprised that uh, I, I feel sorry for the people he was playing with. Uh, my what this week is, you know, I felt I felt so sorry for Mark Sakino this week. And what a performance <laughs> by Mark. And so he made my what this yes. week because I saw the temperatures. I watching the golf, you're seeing people uh, in their toques and in their you know, five layers, as Mark said, but mm-hmm. telling us earlier, all those kind of things. I just feel so sorry. And if you have not been out and covered a golf tournament in the freezing cold, when you have to be out there, you don't have a choice. I've done that sometimes. British Open comes into uh, into mine a, coup, a few times. Those ones are a little bit rough, can be rough. It's not a fun thing to do. So uh, my tip of the hat for Mark Zacchino for working hard in the uh, terrible, tough, cold, nasty conditions. Yeah, is, right. there, is, is there, Bob, before we go, is there uh, one story you have or one memory of the coldest you've been covering a tournament? Um. I'll tell you the most recent memory was the players championship. This yeah, year. that was so cold. <laughs> that may have been the worst collection of weather that I've ever been in because it was not only rain, torrential rain for 48 hours, and then the temperatures dropped like overnight, like, I don't know, something like 20 degrees. <laughs> it was almost at the point where there was a frost delay at TPC Sawgrass. So that was pretty bad, but there's, there's been a, a lot more good days than bad days. Thankfully. All right, Adam, the tea is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. Okay, thanks, Bob. Uh, this week, my winner is the DP World Tour. Now, this is something that I've done before in terms of when they put out some great social media videos, but they put out a video. I've never seen something like this. And, and it was pretty funny. It was called the 12 Man Putt Challenge. So basically, what it was was you had 12 guys. And you're, you're in one line. It's a little hard to describe on radio. I think we'll use this on TV as well this week, but you have 12 guys in a line and there's uh, they're each gradually closer to the hole and they're all trying to putt almost virtually at the same time and to get a ball to go into the hole, to get all 12 into the hole at once at the very end of it. And these are 12 professional golfers trying to do this. They got to 11 once, which was pretty crazy, uh, but they tried for 90 minutes of just 12 guys in one line trying to tap a putt in. The longest putt was about 12 feet and they couldn't do it. Uh, have you seen this, Bob? And if not, I'd recommend the, the YouTube channel. Uh, I, I saw that and uh, I was heartbroken when they got the 11th and the 12th one just kind of went a little bit wide, right? I've seen this happen, not with 12. I've saw some guys, I was down at Kent State when Corey Connors and McKins, uh, Corey Connors and Taylor Penrith were playing and I think they got six. I watched them do six. And the, the thing that always strikes me when I see this is, what do they do? Like drill down 20 feet with the cup? Because the balls would all just start to fill up. That's what I, I don't know what they do. They must have a very deep golf hole there. Yeah, certainly a fun video uh, the DP World Tour did. And I uh, can't wait for the next one they do. They, they keep impressing me. Every time you know, I subscribe to their YouTube channel and they put, a lot, put, out, put out a lot of great content. Okay, my weird this week. Well, this past season on Monday Night Football, we had the Manning cast, which was Peyton and Eli Manning doing a broadcast, which was a little different than your your typical 
football broadcast where it was Peyton and Eli talking about uh, talking about the game, but they'd have a guest on. And it was as if you and I were watching the Leaf game uh, in game four of the playoffs and we're, we're just live on TV and we're joined by a guest talking about it. Now, golf is also doing something similar with this with Joe Buck, who is one of ESPN's new commentators. Of course, he was with Fox forever and now he's with ESPN and he'll be doing something similar on the Manning cast with uh, Michael Collins, uh, ESPN golf analyst, uh, which I'm really curious about. Uh, he's known as ESPN caddy, I should say too. I'm really curious how this is going to work. It's going to be during the first two rounds of the PGA championship coming up. Uh, Joe Buck put out on Twitter that Larry David's a potential guest. So, I mean, that alone, I mean, I, I love Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld, so I'll be glued to that. But when you first heard that this was happening, what did you think with, with Joe Buck and, and this quote-unquote Manning cap? I think it's great. I think you give him lots of credit for, uh, for shaking things up a little bit. Uh, I know Michael Collins. He's a good friend, and he's uh, hysterical. He was a stand-up comedian oh. for many years. He, has, he was a caddy. I don't think he could caddy much anymore. He's <laughs> not quite at the same playing weight that he was back in the days when he was humping the bags around. But he is a funny, funny guy, and he is very connected. So he's got lots of good stories to tell. And um, and Joe Buck is uh, Joe Buck's a fine announcer. I think he's good. I don't know if uh, I think this might be a good spot for him. We'll see what what it goes on. And as you said, uh, if the caliber of the other guests are uh, Larry David, then uh, yeah, I'm all in. I uh, totally all in. I'm looking forward to seeing what you know what happens with that. And you know, Joe Buck signed for five years at over $75 million to call Monday Night Football game. So good for Joe Buck. Really curious to see what happens with this. Okay, my what this week. Uh, Evan Priest, who uh, has done a podcast, uh, Chasing Majors with Steve Williams. I've really enjoyed this podcast. I'm not quite through it yet, but I've really enjoyed some of the stories that he and Steve Williams have put out here. But Evan Priest wrote an article on Robert Allenby. And many people think Robert Allenby and directly their mind goes to what happened in 2015, where uh, he alleged that he, he was, um, he was mugged and he didn't have a cell phone. He lost his wallet. His face was all beat up. And, and this is a story that has taken many different turns. And Evan Priest goes into detail on what Robert Allenby has been through personally trying to get back into golf. He hasn't played a lot of golf since then, a lot of competitive golf since then. But th this, this is a, this is a must read article. I, I would say to all of our, our listeners and, and viewers out there, because um, you know, you think Robert Allenby and this is a guy who, who had a very good international career. He won a bunch of times worldwide. And then 2015 happened. And many people only think of Robert Allenby with that event. Did, did you happen to read that, that article, Bob? I did. Evan's a good friend of mine as well. And uh, I think he's a fabulous writer. And he, he lived in Toronto for a little while, actually, while he was still working <clears throat> for the Australian AP. Uh, and we got to know him a little bit. And he's, um, he's one of those guys who takes his time, finds a story presents a lot of good balance. I don't think this was over, overly favorite, favoriting one side of the story or the other side, but it does go to show you kind of what, how the, the story got away from Robert Allenby a little bit and really impacted his career. Now he's going to be on the Champions Tour. I always thought he was a really good player. He's got a bit of a temper in terms of mm. working with caddies, and that does come out a little bit in the article as well mm -hmm. uh, with a reference to, the, to an incident okay. at the Canadian Open a few years back. Um, but he's, uh, you know, Alan, Robert Allenby was a really good golfer. And um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with his senior career now.
Yeah, totally. And and like I mentioned, this is a this is a must read article from Evan Priest. Uh, great job there, uh, Evan. Okay, on the other side, twenty weeks of tailor made continues. We'll tell you how you can win a set of stealth irons. That's coming up after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. We are giving away a set of stealth irons. And Bob, I know you have them in your bag. We'll discuss how you've enjoyed them so far. But before we get to that, let's hear from the man who's done a lot of work with the irons, Matt Bovey from TaylorMade. I had a chance to catch up with Matt when we were in California back in December. Okay, Matt, we're here talking stealth irons. Before we get to the stealth irons, though, again, another great year for TaylorMade irons in 2021. TaylorMade is the global marketing leader in the iron category. You love to hear that, don't you? I mean, being the iron category lead, I'd love to hear that a team just pours their heart and soul into these products. So it's always rewarding to see them resonate with the marketplace, not just here in the U.S. and in Canada, but globally as well. Something we're very, very proud of um, and we take very seriously. And a big theme for TaylorMade in 2021 in irons was options. So many different options. And here we're talking the stealth. I got to hit the product about 45 minutes ago. My first impression was the look. Very different look. Tell us about this look and how it's different. Yeah, so straight away on the back, you can see it. I'm holding it here, the new stealth for 2022. This has a very monochromatic, uh, technical, yet timelessly elegant design language to it. And that's intentional because we wanted to really bring an iron design to the game improvement space that players um, you know, can be really proud of it, it. It looks like something that's a bit more aspirational and golf's an aspirational game and everybody wants something in their bag that either projects the player they think they are or the player that they want to become and the stealth design really embodies that while, they, while putting on display some unique technologies that provide more performance. And you mentioned the unique technologies there. One thing I came across from learning about the iron is the term no, uh, lower and lower is a big theme yeah. this year with the iron. Isn't yeah. It? Absolutely, we talk about lower in a couple ways. And first and foremost, you see this, uh, the cap back here now, the new portion here for 2022 is the toe wrap. What that allows us to do is move center of gravity lower in the club head because we're moving mass from high to low. Again, that theme of high to low. But why are we doing that? Because when you look at the impact distribution across an iron face, what you see is the majority of iron shots happen at center face or lower. In fact, 72% of shots, and as golfers, we know if we miss it a little bit, you know you likely miss it a little thin. So we wanna move this sweet spot lower on the club face to capture more shots naturally. And the best way to do that is to move the center of gravity lower in the club head, which is how you get to the toe wrap portion moving that center of gravity. So lower is a theme because we wanna provide more success to this player. 
So lower is a theme, and there's also four key technology points with this new Stealth Iron. Tell us about some of those. Yeah, so we'll walk through it. Starts on the outside here, again, this cap-back design. This is a unique technology for us, revolutionary, providing more performance than you can in a traditional cavity back because you create a hollow space inside the club head and that allows the face to move more freely. It gives the golfer more flexibility. Flexibility equals ball speed and forgiveness. Now, in order to utilize all of that face speed, this face has, uh, is extremely thin, has progressive inverted cone technology here, which means each face is uniquely designed for each purpose in the bag to help minimize the mishits golfers typically see, especially in the long irons. So we're taking advantage of all that face speed here. And of course, we have the through slot speed pocket working together with the face that disconnects this uh, face from the leading edge. Again, it's all about flexibility, protecting ball speed low on the face. That's that lower theme. And then again, inside here, hidden technology, the echo damping system. It really allows us to provide forged iron-like feel, even though you have all the speed and forgiveness that you would expect from a tailor-made game improvement iron. So low center of gravity, fast and forgiving, feels fantastic and looks this incredible. You mentioned the forged iron feel there. And what I found standing or hitting the product was at a dress. It, it doesn't look like a game improvement iron. It looks like a forged iron at a dress. How important is that in the design of the club? Well, you know, having the dress view um, designed to where the proportions are correct and it, you know, you want it to inspire confidence and, and still look forgiving, but have, again, the right proportions so that it feels like a player's type shape. It's inspired from that nature. Again, this blade length is going to be a little bit longer than what you'd find in our P-Series because it's designed to be more forgiving and that's the priority, but it does look just, it sits so nice with your eye when you stand over the ball. Many thanks to Matt uh, for joining us to talk to both the uh, Stealth Irons and uh, I haven't had a chance to actually hit them, uh, Bob, but I know you have them in your bag. You're discussing earlier in the show how much you've liked them for the one or two rounds you've played uh, so far, but you were saying that you've enjoyed, um, you know, they're a little longer and you can get them, get them up in the air a little bit more too. Yeah. The other thing for me has been that uh, is the look, you know, I was a, a, was a better player when I was a lot younger and I used to use more of a blade. And so when I went to, these are basically game improvement irons. They don't look big and chunky and meaty. And, uh, and I really appreciate that. Just looking down at them, I, they look, I won't say they look like pure blades or, you know, what you're playing with, but mm. they don't have the big clunky look. And that, that kind of helps me uh, kind of, I don't know, get in the right mood to hit the clubs. That sounds weird, but that's really <laughs> what it is. No, that's that's fair. And, and actually, as as memory serves now, I, I did get a chance to hit the stealth irons in California. And I, I was thinking the same thing at how a dress it it almost looked like a blade, like you mentioned. So it's a, it's a very clean look at a dress. And uh, we'll, and we're giving away a set of irons this week. All you have to do, Bob, follow Golf Talk Canada. Twitter and Instagram, follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter and Instagram, tag your golfing buddies and you'll be in a draw to win. I, I have to give our listeners a lot of credit here. We have gained on Instagram over 4,000 followers since the start of 20 weeks of TaylorMade this year alone. Wow. wow. I mean, people, thank you. And, you know, keep spreading the word about this because the grand prize is a trip for two to Casa de Campo worth over $10,000. That alone, this year, we're giving away over $30,000 of tailor-made product in 20 weeks of tailor-made. And Bob, one of those, of course, we've given away, given away a stealth driver already. How did you like hitting your stealth driver? I loved it. It was, there was a definite, uh, there was a definite uh, distance increase. I will say the sound when we hit it in December, I didn't notice the sound. It's a little bit different. It's uh, it's not a bad sound by any means. I don't mean that. 
but it's certainly different than what we were playing with the last couple of years with the sim. Um, and it's uh, a couple of the guys I was playing with actually mentioned it. So that was interesting comment as well. But uh, I'm definitely at least I'm only I'm only 18 holes deep with this thing. So I can't really give you a, a full measure. But uh, definitely I was hitting at places that are a little bit longer than what I usually are. Yeah, this is something that will be we'll have the Bob Weeks tracker on uh, throughout the year on, on GTC to see how much I'm longer. Ask, I'm afraid to ask, but you hit yours. I don't want to even know about that. Oh, Bob, I mean, we don't have enough time. No, uh, I, I've I've really enjoyed the self driver so far. I, I've really, you know, you know me, Bob. I'm I'm one to you know hitting the fairways overrated. I like to play different <laughs> angles in, you know, four fairways over sort of thing. But I, I'm hitting this driver very straight which is actually kind of scary and it's long. It's I I'm, I would say in the air, I'm five, 10 yards longer than last year already so far. And I, I love the sound it makes to it. Like you mentioned, it's a different sound, but I've, I've really enjoyed the sound so far uh, from the stealth, but uh, we've also uh, got another edition of golf talk Canada television coming up. That's that's on Wednesday. We'll have our TSN edge picks. We'll have much more on live. We'll have much more on Max Homa's victory and, and much more coming up on golf talk Canada on Wednesday. Bob, this has been a fun pre-taped edition of Golf Talk Canada. We'll see you in person Monday morning at the RBC Canadian Open Media Day. Thanks for thanks for this evening, Bob. Thank you. It's good. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you launch one. Uh, I just I just hope I'm not in the group ahead of you, so I don't want to have to be ducking all day. I'll be sure to prepare my vocal cords to yell for while I, uh, I I'm looking I'm so looking forward to this. But thanks for joining us this morning uh, on Golf Talk Canada, and see you on TV this Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on TSN. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.